Good morning, church. Good morning. Man, oh man. He turned me down just a little bit. A little loud. There we go. No, MJ, that's why I got turned up. I, just, I didn't want to say it, but no, it's all good. Everybody doing well? I know we have a lot of people out sick. Man, I know, I think this is just the kids going back to school, right? A bunch of germs everywhere. We've had it at our house. Our, one of our daughters has strep. And so I, I hadn't been feeling well either this week, but feeling a lot better today, amen? So we, our prayers and our thoughts are with everybody that couldn't make it today. We know that there's some sick. Uh, also, our condolences go to Mick and to Linda. I know they're dealing with the death in the family, the, the passing of, of Nick's father. And so I just want to say we love y'all. We're praying for y'all as well. Um, but this is a month of prayer. It's something we've been talking about. We've been building towards. And I'm excited that we get to kick that off today. And today's message is called Honest Prayers. And every week for the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about different ways you could be praying and really just talking with God and walking through life. And so before I even go further, I just want to pray, okay? So that way we'll be ready to receive what the Lord has and just the things that he was speaking to me. So, Father, we do. We just thank you for today. We thank you that you've given us different ways to come and meet you. And, Father, it doesn't matter the difficulties that we face. You said bring it on. Bring it to me. And I think about in the words so many times that people would have an experience with you that they would look at people and say, I don't know how you don't believe in this, God. Father, we want those same experiences, Lord. We, we live in a world filled with skepticism and people that are always looking for different ways, Father, but you are the way. And so, Lord, just help us find that in you today. Would you speak to us this morning? Would you prepare our hearts and our minds? And would we just hear from you? in a way that maybe we needed this week, in a way of encouragement, in a way of love, in a way of grace, even in a way of correction. Father, whatever it is that has been on your heart, would it be ours today? So, Lord, we just love you and we thank you. Just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, from the time that you come into this world, we all have something in common, okay? And you probably never even thought about this, but we all come into this world crying, Okay, you leave your, the comfort of your mother's womb, the peace, right, that safety, and none of us really remember it, but we all come into this world crying. The thing is, after you're born, the crying doesn't stop. As you go through life and you experience many of the things that come with life, right, many of the heartaches, many of the pains, many of the sorrows, crying is part of our life. To cry is, is for us to be human. And it's part of this broken world, part of the things we go through. But the Bible actually has a prayer language, okay, a way to pray through your crying, through your pain, through your suffering, through your brokenness. And it's called lament. It's not something you probably hear about. You probably never even heard the word before. Even for myself, before I became a believer, right, somebody talked about lamenting or lament. I was like, I don't know what that even means. But the crazy thing is the Bible, the word of God, a lot of the songs, which we consider songs or even prayers to God, are actually laments. It's people doing this exact thing. Even there's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations. And that's where one of the prophets was lamenting. He was praying to God about 
Israel and, and Jerusalem and the destruction of the things that they went through. We even see lament when Jesus is getting ready to give his own life in the Garden of Gethsemane. So lamenting is a prayer language, is a way to pray that God wants us to be aware of, he wants us to use, he wants us to embrace. And the truth is, church, when you do this, that pain, that suffering, that sorrow that you're in, man, you're going to find some relief that you never thought was possible. So I'm excited to jump into this. I want you to get the definition as we got it on the screen here, lament. One definition is a noun. It says a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. The other definition is to mourn or grieve over something or someone. See, just like crying is a form of us expressing our pain, right, our sorrow, lamenting is that too. The thing about crying is some, a lot of times we do it by ourselves when nobody else is looking. Occasionally we might do it with a friend or somebody that we trust. And we might find some relief, but a lot of times that relief, it disappears. As soon as we go back to our situations, our attention's back on the things that we're going through. But lamenting is expressing our pain, our sorrow, our venting our emotions with God. But it has a purpose. It has a purpose of growing our trust in God and helping them refine us through it. You see, lamenting is divinely giving invitation to pour out our fears, our frustration, all those feelings and those emotions that are inside of you that have been boiling in a healthy, positive way. A lot of times we want to do something with those things, but we don't know how, and they come out in all the wrong ways. So crying and lamenting, they may be similar, but they are very different. When you're crying, a lot of times you get wrapped up in those emotions and those fears and all those things are holding you tightly. They're like suffocating you. But lamenting, it does the opposite. It unwinds those things. It relieves those things. It takes your perspective and it reframes it. It does a lot of the things that we need to relieve ourselves. So, and we're going to read in Psalms chapter 13 today, a psalm by King David, a prayer of lamenting. And through this, man, he gives the four basic principles when it comes to lamenting for us to do. And they're probably things we're already doing. We just didn't do them with intention, okay? They just naturally happen. But when you are more specific in the way that you pray, in the way that you're intentional talking with God, man, you're going to see God move in a whole different way like you never have. And that's my hope and prayer for each one of us is that we will take all that pain, that frustration, that anger, and use it in healthy ways that are going to help us. But let's read in Psalms 13. We'll have the verses on the screen, starting at verse 1. It says, O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with the anguish within my soul, with the sorrow in my heart? Every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. This is coming from David who we learn to be known as King David. The word of God describes him as a man after God's own heart. This is the same David that was a shepherd boy that was overlooked by his family, but he was anointed to be king. 
This is the same David that goes and sees a Goliath and says, you know what? You're messing with the wrong one. And he slays the Goliath. This is the same David that goes on to be chased by a king because of he was the next in line to receive. It's the same David that a lot of times we look at as a hero in the Bible. But in this moment, we see something we can all relate to. We see a man that is in his feelings, right? And we all know what it's like to be in our feelings. There was no denying these things were weighing on him. They were bringing him down. I talk about it all the time, right? It's not a matter if we find ourselves in situations like these, but when we find ourselves in these situations. What are we going to do? What are we going to turn to? Who are we going to turn to? A lot of times we go and we're drawn to people and we want to turn to them. The thing is, if we don't turn to people, then we're going to turn to something else. Sometimes it isn't who we turn to, it's what we turn to. We're always trying to find relief in all these different things, but guess what, church? Some things are never lasting. They're temporary. They will leave, and then you'll find yourself in the same cycle. But what did David do? The very first two words that he said was, Oh, Lord. You ever said that? Oh, Lord. I've said that uh, too many times in my life, but he gives us the first thing when it comes to lamenting, when it comes to praying like this, is we have to turn to God. Turn to God. It's like, duh, that's what you do in prayer. You go and talk to God. But no, that's really turning to God instead of turning to some of the other things. You see, there could be people within this church that have some strong faith. There could be people in this church that have strength. They can endure a lot of things. They could have people in this church that have a great support system. But the thing is, when you turn to the wrong things, they're no match. All those same things that you were counting on are going to disappoint you in the end. And I've seen it happen. I've had it happen. It happens to all of us. What you turn to is vital. You might have a great spouse, and that's awesome, man, that you could turn to, that are going to encourage you, that are going to support you. Man, we all need those things. You might have great friends, great families that you could turn to and support you. Man, we all need those things. But they can never come before God. Because when you turn to people first before God, what happens is eventually they're not going to be able to bring the relief, the support that you need. And you know what happens when that happens? Now you start getting a little bitter. You start getting mad at them that they're not helping you in the way that you need. And so what was a good relationship can very quickly turn overnight to a bad one. And it can lead you to saying, okay, if these people can't help me, this person can help me no longer, let me find something else just to take this away. Instead of receiving encouragement, you begin to project that they're judging you. Instead of receiving the truth and love, you begin to say, okay, now they're trying to attack me. They're trying to come at me crazy like Man, we can get things really messed up when we lean too heavily on people and put them before God. Church, there is nothing out there outside of God that is lasting. It's all temporary relief. The problems don't just go away. They don't just solve themselves. No matter the things that we try to fill in our life to make us have a little bit of relief in the moment, those things ain't going to last. It don't matter if you drink, if you use drugs, if you go and you find different activities. You, it don't matter. You could name it, and it's all going to be temporary. It ain't never going to last. 
But when we turn to God, we find something that does. We find something that's going to make our situations a little lighter, a little easier to bear. That even when we have these people that fell us, we're going to be able to extend them grace instead of acting crazy towards them. That we're not going to be dependent on all these different things that we can and take us over and consume us. It escapes the cycle of temporary relief and Instead of putting Band-Aid things, a lot of times we get all these cuts. We think, you know what, let me put, just put a Band-Aid on it. I'm good. Yeah, some cuts, you're fine with that. But there's some scars that we have, okay? There's some wounds that we get in this life. They're going to take more than a Band-Aid. It's going to take some medicine. It's going to take some antibiotics. It's going to take some peroxide. It's going to take you leaving that cut open. It's going to take some work. And that's some relief that you're not going to find in people or any of these things in this world. It's only going to come through God. So we have to learn, just like David, that, oh, Lord, that's got to be our first destination. That's got to be the first place that we turn is to his presence. The second thing that we learn about lamenting is we could bring your complaint to God. In verse 2, it says this in Psalms 13. I don't know if you caught what he said, but he says, How long must I struggle with the anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? David's talking to God. He's like, yo, man, how long is this going to last? I'm tired of this, Lord. I'm struggling. You see the way these people treating me? They're kicking me while I'm down. I can't take this any longer. Lord, what's up? How much longer do I got to keep going through this? You see, when we pray, when we lament, it's humbly and honestly identifying those things in our, within us. The pains, the questions, the frustrations, all those emotions that are raging within us, ready to boil out. Church, God isn't afraid of your honesty. He's not going to run from it. He knows how to take it. He's ready to receive it. A lot of times we'll be afraid to go and release these things, thinking like, oh, man, I'm, he's going to be so disappointed. And all these different emotions start to play with us. But church, there is no better place for you to pour out everything that's bubbling within you than to him. There's no better place to come and do that than a place like this. He knows the details of our, our situations. I think a lot of times we struggle with this within the church and leaders because they haven't always shown this. My experience, right, with church and leaders is like, man, they got their life together, man. They're making it look real easy to be this believer, to be this Christian. That ain't the truth, though. The fact is, we all a hot mess, okay? I, I usually share that more than I like to because I want you to see it. I want you to know, like, man, it don't matter who you are. We all going to be going through some things. We all going to have some things that come against us that are just hard. Life is hard, church. It just is. And I wish I could just have a wand and say, man, everything's good. It's, it's not that easy. There are going to be some things in your life that you experience that are going to make it difficult for you to endure, to continue to move on. But our God is so faithful. It's not something you have to run and hide from him. He says, man, bring it to me. Let me have that conversation with you. You know, in the Bible, there was a time that the religious leaders, they was talking to Jesus. And they were like, yo, Jesus, what you keep doing, man? Why do you keep hanging out with all these certain people? Jesus had went to go have dinner with some, a tax collector named Levi. Jesus is like, yeah, I'll go meet with y'all. And so these people come up to Jesus. They try to charge him up. They're like, Jesus, what you doing? You know, these people, you know, they abuse people and this and that. 
And I love what Jesus tells them in Luke chapter 5. Because it's something powerful that we need to be reminded of. Verse 31, he says, Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Six people do. And I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those that know they are sinners and need to repent. Church, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to say that you're struggling. It's okay to say, man, this is just too much for me right now. We got to quit beating up ourselves, man. We are some of the hardest critics. We think that we should be at a place that God is trying to take us to. Instantly, we're supposed to already be there. And since we're not there, we get mad at ourselves. We don't even want to talk to God about it because we feel like he's going to be upset with us. Like, nah, it's okay not to be okay. Don't beat yourself up because you don't have it all together. The truth is, church, none of us do. There's not a person walking this planet that their life is just perfect, that they have it all together. None of us do. That's the reason that we come to a place like this. That's the reason that we're in need of a God. That's the reason that we need him to come and intervene, because we need him to make us better. Some of us are hurting. Some of us are sick. He's a good doctor. He's a physician. He says, yo, bring it to me. Let me walk with you through this stuff. So bring your complaint to God. Don't be afraid of it. Take it to him. The third thing that we see is that we got to ask boldly for God's help. Ask boldly. You see, when you're seeking God's help while you're in your pain, man, that's an act of faith. That's saying, man, I'm, I think God could really do something in this situation. I'm trusting what I, I believe his word says for myself. I'm trusting what that person prophesied over me. I'm trusting all the things that I've seen other people have testimonies about. I believe it's going to happen in my life too. When we spell to do this, we can create a deadly silence. And you know what that does to you? That when you're in those moments of those feelings and those emotions, man, you start to drown. And I'm talking about you go to the abyss. Your hand that was above water starts sinking. Your head that was above water starts sinking. It can get scary when you get into that depression, into that struggle, and that despair. You can feel like, man, there is no hope, and it, that is what it is. You can start to have denial. Oh, everything's fine. It's not really that bad. How many of us have had that conversation with somebody when we really needed some help and that person asked us genuinely, man, how are you doing? And what'd you say? I'm good. Everything's fine. And it's not always the case, church. I've done that too many times. You see, lamenting invites us to dare to hope in God's promises when we ask for help. I know we all struggle with help. I told y'all, man, I struggle with it. And the thing is, if we struggle asking for help from one another, then how much more are we going to struggle asking for help from God? It's going to be difficult. We're going to be like, oh, I don't even want to do it. I'll just, I'll he-man it, right? We're just going to push through. We're just going to deal with it our way. That ain't going to help you, church. Sometimes we see people abuse the help of others. So we feel like, man, if I help, then they're going to think of me in that same light if I ask for help. But church, you aren't them. You're not them. So when you ask for help, it's not something that you got to hang your head down on. 
It's not something that lessens your value or your worth in your life. God's not going to love you less. These people in this room aren't going to look at you any differently. They're not going to love you any differently. That's what we're here for. You know the crazy thing that I learned about asking for help? People will actually help you. <laughs> it sounds dumb, right? But it's true. And the same truth applies to God. When you actually ask for his help, man, he helps you. He will actually pause what you are going through and help you. Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 7. And he's something we need to remind ourselves about. A lot of times when we hear these verses, we think in this a lotto ticket. It's our way out of the struggle. It's our way out of these things that are hard. But it's more than that. In chapter 7, verse 7, he says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. He said, keep on. That's not saying, Lord, okay, you know, I've been praying about winning the lottery every night. What's up? Like, no, that's not what he's saying. Okay. He's saying, man, when you are praying to him in ways that are going to honor him, it's done. Everything that you pray for is already took care of. It's going to happen. So you can pray with an expectancy. You can pray and stand on what you asked. I don't know if you're a parent, okay? But one thing about children is they are some of the bravest people to ask stuff, especially for help in their life. At least that's the case in my family, okay? Because my children will ask me some brave things at times. Dad, can I eat some cake? I'm like, yo, you see me cooking dinner. Like, you really going to come and ask me about this? Dad, can I, you know what I'm saying? They will ask some of the bravest things. My son, if you know him, a little man with a bucket hat, he asked some of the most craziest things all the time. But that's the thing, church. When you come asking boldly, what happens? A lot of times you receive that help, right? My wife Desiree will tell you, this boy lets him get away with everything. He lets him have everything. Man, it's because they came boldly. They came with some confidence. I was like, man, you know what? All right. Since you came about it, that's good. I'm going to let you have it. But what happens when they're hesitant, when you got some fear and you try to ask? Them same kids that were brave, they come and ask me certain things sometimes. And I already know they're going to want something. I'm just sitting there. They're like, Dad. Like, what's up? Dad. Like, yo, I can't hear you. You got to talk louder than that. Can you take us apart? What? He, he, you said you didn't take us apart. You didn't take us I can't hear you, man. You got to talk loud. Can you take us to the park? Didn't we already talk about this? Church, we do the same thing with God, right? Sometimes if we, instead of coming boldly, we're mumbling to him, Lord, you just help me in this situation. God's just looking like, come on, man. You got to come with something more than that. Church, we need that same boldness, that same persistence that those verse talks about, that's keeping on, that same expectancy. There's a verse in Hebrews chapter 4 that it just really captures it for us. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find the grace to help us when we need it most. Say, come boldly. Ain't something you got to be scared about. 
Don't come with your head down. Don't come mumbling. Don't come demanding God. God, if you don't do this right now, don't do all that. See, to come boldly means to come without hesitation, without fear. That's the way we should be approaching God with these things that we're struggling and enduring with. And the final thing in lamenting that we got to learn is we got to learn to choose to trust God. A lot of times we say we trust God. God, I trust you. And then we doing things showing exactly what we trust, right? But the thing is, the destination for these laments, it all leads here. It all leads us to us trusting and growing in that trust with God, growing in our faith, maturing in it. Verse 5 and 6, he says this in Psalms. David said, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. David said, I will trust. I will rejoice. I will sing. See, church, you have the power. It's in your hands to choose what you're going to trust. What are you going to choose? You have the power. Now, I understand we can't always choose the things that are happening to us. Life is going to happen. Problems are going to come. But you can choose how you respond. You do have that choice. See, you could choose to trust those emotions, those thoughts that are going to lead you down a path you don't even want to go and begin with. You could choose to allow the situation you're in to trust. And, okay, well, um, that's what they said, and this is what it is, and this is what I'm going to do then. Church, we got to learn to choose to trust God. Choose to trust him. You see, lamenting can rescue you from the quicksand that despair is, that depression is, that struggling is. It can save you from yourself, from those emotions that are so easily ready to consume you and take you over. Man, this is a prayer language that is going to renew your commitment to trust in God. And it's going to help you navigate your brokenness. You see, lamenting is the prayer language for God's people that live in a broken world. It's how we talk to God. It's how we express these things. It's how we work through these things. It's how we heal through our wounds. So, yes, we all cry. That's part of being human. But to lament, that's part of being Christian. That's part of being a believer. There was a prophet, Isaiah, and he shared an encouraging word when Israel was going through a lot of things, and they had already been through it. They had only been exiled and conquered, all these things back and forth. And God's like, you know what? I need to encourage my people. Not only do I want to give them a word of encouragement, I want to give them a promise. And the thing is, that same encouragement, that same promise, is something that he's speaking to you and me. It's something that we can still stand on to this day. It's something that I pray you would find encouragement in. And it comes from Isaiah 43. It starts at verse 1. I'm just going to read to verse 4. But he says, but now, like right now, church, like right now, in the middle of your situation, in the middle of your storm, in the middle of all the mess, in the middle of the mud, right now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you won't drown. 
When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I, the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Sebia in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. God loves you. The things that he's willing to walk through, man, you can make a list and it's already done. It's already complete. The mess that you find yourself in, he's already like, yo, I got the broom. Let's clean it up. I want to help you with it. The storms that are raging in your life, he says, yo, come, come sit under the tree. Don't even worry about the lightning. It's not even going to touch you. Lord, don't you know lightning strikes trees? Yeah, but it can't touch nothing that I got my hand on. When we lament to God, church, we can experience that same peace. We can use all that frustration, all that anger in a way that's going to build us up and grow us in our faith and our trust with God. My challenge for us, you already know what it is. Lament to God. Whether you leave here and somebody cuts you off in traffic, whether you go home and you get a call and somebody's talking crazy to you, whatever time there's a problem that arises in your life, you feel that emotion start bubbling up. You start feeling like you can't go no further. Lament to God. And how do we do it? We turn to him first, right? We say, you know what? I'm not going to turn to this person, to my spouse, to my child. I'm going to turn to God first. I need to go talk to him first about this. And then we're going to bring your complaint to him. You're going to bring it all to him, all the mess, all the junk. I ain't saying cuss God out, but I'm saying, like, be real with him, okay? He's not scared of your honesty. We're going to ask boldly for his help. We say, Lord, I am talking to you. I am standing on what you say. I'm not afraid of what my situation says with all these other things. They go out the window, Lord, because I'm asking you, and you say that you will make a way. You said, if I keep asking, I'll receive. If I knock that door open. So I'm going to pray with some expectancy. I'm going to stand on your word. And then we got to choose to trust him. Trust what he's saying. Trust what he's going to do, even before it happens. It's that simple, and it's also that hard, right? But, man, God is so good. A lot of times we're venting our frustration and our angers and stuff and all these things. They're just spilling. You ever seen them water hoses? It'd be like that. Just Maybe it's the ghetto sprinklers that I grew up with, right? You poke the hose, and it's just shooting all crazy. God's like, man, just give it to me. Let it rain. Let it rain, and watch how I use that water to water your situation to bring life to that dead grass, to renew those things that you thought were dead, that you thought you couldn't even see past for yourself. Watch what I do through those things. And he will. And he does. And he can. But we have to choose it. We have to choose to go to him with this. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that prayer is a way that we can communicate. It's a way that we can sit with you and be in your presence. It's a way that we can release all that's building up within us. It's a way that we can become better from our situations. Father, we all struggle. And you know it, you see it, and you say, child, come sit with me. Let me help you with that. Father, help us move out of our way.
Help us release these things that are too heavy for us to carry. Help us give you those things that, man, we're, we're trying to consume ourselves of being in control of. Father, we want you to move in our lives, man, in mighty ways, but so many times we are the ones keeping us from that. We don't even realize that we are the ones hindering our own prayers to you. But Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that would not be the case any longer. That we will learn that lament is a beautiful language to speak to you. That lamenting to you is a way that we could deal with all our frustrations, our pains, our sorrows, and we could be healed through them. We could be better from them. We can see you move in ways that we would never be able to see by doing things our way. So, Father, I just thank you that you love us this way. I thank you for the work that you're doing right now in the middle of whoever is in this room and has a storm or whoever is watching online, whoever listens later on, Lord. You said, man, that you are always present, that you are always moving, that you are always working. That's not something that we have to question. It's something we can stand on. It's not something that we have to stress or worry about. It's something that we can know is coming down the line. So, Father, you said breakthrough is possible. And not only is it possible, it's coming. It's on the way. It's already taking place in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we come receiving your breakthrough in marriages, in relationships, in our children, in our family, in our addictions, Father, in our struggles, Lord. We receive it right now in the name of Jesus, and we say thank you. I will rejoice to you, Lord. I will sing to you, Lord. And everybody thinks I'm crazy. I'm saying, well, I'm cr you be crazy not to know the God that I know. Because, man, my father is too good. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, we're going to go into a time of worship. And in the front, we'll have a couple of prayer team members. We encourage you to go and, and pray to them if you need to or, or pray where you're at. Do whatever you need to do. But, man, let's worship the Lord.